So let me tell you, um, we, we, we talked a little bit last week. We talked a little bit last week, and if you weren't here, you can go on YouTube and check out what we were talking about. But one of the, one of the big points, one of the big themes that we discussed last week is that identity is what informs our eulogy. Our eulogy, a eulogy is something you give at like, if you were to pass away, pass away or maybe you've been to a funeral and you already know what a eulogy is, E-U is a prefix in Latin, it means good. And, and study of is ology, you know, just breaking the words down. So it's like good sayings or good study of a person, examination of their life, etc. And in order to get to a place in life where we have said, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have made a story and lived a story that matter, we have to be clear on identity. And so we tied those two things together so that we understood that our life is so much bigger than the moment to moment to moment. Those moment to moment to moment accumulate so that we have a life well lived, a life of love, a life of uh, generosity, etc. But it comes down to the basic of, God, who do you say that I am and do I believe you? Do I really believe you And as Jesus followers, we are working to believe God about what he says about us so that the lives we live um, inform uh, those eulogies. So we said, well, matter than take, let's take matters into our own hands for a matter of speaking. Let's write our eulogies. Let's live on purpose. Let's live in such a way that we are living intentional. So I said, hey, share your eulogies with me and um, uh Man, you guys did, and wow, 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 wow. I am holding back tears of gratitude as I speak because I, just getting to read that and pray into it and some sent epitaphs and all this beautiful stuff, I was greatly inspired. I was so inspired, and wow, I am privilege to get to be part of a, a people who are living so on purpose and with such intention. And I just want to thank you guys for sharing those, sharing those with me. Um, I saved them all. They're in my prayer journal. And I know I'm like, man, if I have a low moment or a low, I'm going to read those things. I was reading those things. I was in tears of gratitude of Thanksgiving. And like I said, inspired like I hadn't been in a long time. And that's just from the lives of people here in this church. So thank you all for, thank you all for doing that and sharing, sharing with me. Um, as well, I wanted to let you know that this is um, uh, Black History Month. Oh, yeah. If the pastor's black and it's Black History Month, you got to really make a little bit more noise than that. <laughs> oh, y'all are crazy. I love it. Y'all, listen, I've been, I've been cracking myself up with this. Uh, we did a, a Christmas list project 2021, and one of the things we we're going to have on there, or we had on there, was Oregon. We didn't meet our goal. It's held up some things. So we are reassessing and being, you know, super awesome with, with everything. You know, look at the Lord. Well, we didn't meet our goal. This is what we got. How exactly is this supposed to look? What's the most immediate thing? All the little things that you do when you're trying to be a great steward. And um, I, was, I was teasing the Lord because I said, Lord, if we would have met our goal, we would have an organ in here and we have an organ here just in time for Black History Month. And then we would have just lit it up. Yeah. And I just felt like he was like, you can light, lit, light it up without an organ. 
you can give me glory without an organ. And so I've been teasing about that with the Lord and just saying, okay, well, it's Black History Month. So if, if I slip into a little thing, if I slip into a little thing this month, I, I, I'll be calling on the heritage of Christian preachers, singing preachers. I might call on that heritage a little bit. And so if you start saying, like, why is he, is he singing and speaking at the same time? He's <laughs> like, is he singing and speaking at the same time? And you say, oh, it's Black History Month. He's calling on heritage. Okay? But don't, but don't, don't freak out. It's like, is this a musical? What's happening right now? How many of you have ever had that experience where you heard like a black preacher, he kind of went into like a sing and preach kind of deal? What did we have? Some of y'all have, some, not enough of y'all have. I don't want to scare y'all, you know. They said, do an example. But you know, the, the, the tricky thing about that for somebody like me, okay? So, um, uh, some people that is so unusual to them um, that it's like very entertaining. And entertainment is never bad in the sense of, in the pure sense. Entertainment just means to be engaged. But for me, uh, if I do that, it's a form of worship. It's not a show. It's a, I'm worshiping. And then from that with me, I might start speaking in tongues. I mean, I just cut loose. Um, and this is not necessarily the, the setting that, not the most appropriate audience for that. I mean, we're spirit-filled people. But, if you, you know, you just know your context. You don't want to scare people. But why is that man singing, preaching, speaking in tongues? What is going on? We're not doing, we know, okay. But I, I've warned you. You're ready, because I warned you, if it goes there, then you say, okay. We get it. It's just a part of his, okay. He's, he's serious. He's not kidding around. Um, uh, but so just kind of know over the course of this month, if you hear me hmm, go into something, then you'll be like, and then me and Pastor Maddie, we have this thing. Oh, this is so funny. We got this thing where we were talking about, you know, just... Uh, um, homiletic styles, if you will. This has to do with preaching styles, uh, homily, whatever. And, and, and in the African-American church at different parts of uh, time, um, when, when the preachers would, you know, some would call it tune up or kind of move toward a uh, speech that is sung, um, they start doing this thing where they say, and, uh, and I'm saying... Uh, and I'm at the Bridge Church, uh, and how you doing, uh? And so we have this whole thing about, uh, if you want to get your preach on, say, uh, say, uh, Jesus, uh. <laughs> and it just, something starts happening, and then I think that is the way. Now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a vocal guy, too, so I know the technical parts of this. And it makes for smooth where you can tie all your words together, because that's called an elision. So you can just put all your words together in a way. And if I wanted to start uh, singing a song uh, or speaking a message, uh, if I use a uh, at the end of it, uh, then I can make my way through. Uh, I woke up this morning uh, with my mind stayed on Jesus. Y'all are silly. See, you're at the bridge. And thank you. Thank you. Now, that spirit of response is part of what you're going to see in the text today is what makes up what is part of fellowship. Somebody prayed it this morning in the huddle, but it's about participation and sharing. 
where this is not a monologue, but we are having a divine conversation with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And depending on what your ethnic background is and what your influence is, you have different things that you can pull from. But if I start doing like that, uh, then you ought to be ready uh, to give him glory. And then if I start speaking in tongues, that's out of 1 Corinthians 14, 2, giving thanks well. It's not the kind where we have to have an interpreter for that. That's just called giving thanks well. So just setting the thing just in case we just in case we go there. So you know we're in order, okay? I don't want to scare the people away. <laughs> Are you with me? Okay, y'all pray with me one more time because I, I got a prayer out. I just got to go slow today. Lord, thank you for these, your precious people. Thank you for the chance that we get to be reflective, to be still, to see your face. Allow what is important to your heart to become more important to our heart. That's, that's what it's about, Lord. You just increase your presence, your glory, your life in us. And we'll give you thanks and praise for it in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. 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 Now, I want you to think about your godly, Christ-like relationships. That's where I want you to think right now. I want you to think about your godly, Christ-like relationships. I want you to specifically think about their frequency, their intensity, and their impact. I want you to think think about their frequency. Say frequency. Frequency. Say intensity intensity and impact. To do that, we're going to look at one of my most favorite scripture passages that describes what life looked like for the first Jesus followers, the frequency, intensity, and impact of their godly relationships at the inception or the beginning of the Christian church. Now, before we read that, I want you to know that this is a descriptive passage we're about to read, descriptive as opposed to prescriptive. Y'all say descriptive. Yeah, that starts with a D versus prescriptive that starts with a what? Yeah, descriptive as opposed to prescriptive. A descriptive passage like the one we're about to read, it does exactly what the name says. It describes. It describes. It describes. It gives us a picture. It gives us an insight into how things actually looked for them. It's it's history. It's history. Other passages in your Bible um, uh, might be prescriptive in nature. Meaning God is telling us how to obey him. If you're being smart, you'll do them. They are what's considered law or commands. They are prescriptive. When I used to teach Bible boot camps, I would say, take your medicine. It's cheesy, but everybody understood what I meant. Prescriptive prescription. You know what's good for you. Do this. Take your medicine. Have you taken your, you ever taken your medicine today? You know what I'm saying? That kind of thing. So there's a difference. And so I want you to have this note just as you're opening your digital Bible or your paper Bible. Let's show it to him, Val. Don't confuse prescriptive and descriptive. Oh, do you you have this note? Don't confuse prescriptive and descriptive. Maybe not. Or law versus history. They are different. Yeah, there it is. Don't confuse prescriptive and descriptive or law versus history. They're different. Y'all trucking with me? Yeah. Matt Fretchell, you, you were trucking? Yeah. Okay. So you can imagine the unnecessary confusion caused in a life of a believer who doesn't know that there's a difference between these things. How much bondage some people come into and all the schisms and isms that come out of the church because people are trying to live by something that is a description instead of prescriptive. So that's just a word to the wise. Look out for that. And you were going to run across folks who love Jesus, and they're going to be 
adamant about things, you're going to be looking and you're going to say, wait, why are they talking about it like that? The scripture doesn't even deal with it the way they're talking about it. Why are they talking about this like it's a law? You live long enough, you'll see. Then you'll say, oh, okay, well, that's the way to interpret it. Okay, I get it. I get it. I, I know this. I, I learned this already. Okay, now, a spirit-filled man under the inspiration of Holy Spirit to write the scripture was also a detailed physician named Luke. And he wrote out this historical account we're about to read in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. Let's read it now. It's on the screen. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Now, I don't know how familiar that passage is to you. It's, it's, it's a biggie for me. It's on my top 100 uh, uh, favorite passages right there. And um, I know you have a top 100 favorite passages, too. I know you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> you live long enough. You're going to have a top 100 favorite passages. <laughs> we can say, oh, is that on your list? That's on my list. You know, we get that. That's on my list. Oh, you like, oh, you like that one. Oh, okay. I had my own moment right there, and y'all just watched me do it. <laughs> So um, we've been using a framework to help your brain work, and I've been calling it I am, you know. Sometimes with communicating and just cheesy preacher stuff, we just like acrostics. And that's where you just assign a word to an alphabet letter so that you can kind of remember things. And we started this one for our Reimagine 2022 series so that we could have tools uh, that we could use, frameworks to help your brain work. So when you engage the scripture, you're processing something, you can put things into categories real quick so that you can move along and move into, Holy Spirit, give me understanding, meaning, interpretation, okay? And so what I did was I took Acts 2, 42 through 47, and I put it through the I am framework. And if you're just joining us in the series, I is for identity. These are about identifiers. These are about identifiers. And identifiers are descriptions or descriptors of what people can be called, what the scripture says that we are. And maybe we are getting to know ourselves through the lens of what God wrote in, in the book, in the Bible. The A stands for action. What's the action? What's the action? What, what, what is to be done? Because of who I am, what do I do? My who becomes my, becomes before my action if I'm doing it Bible order. I don't just be doing stuff. I make sure I know who God says I am, and then I follow through with action. That's a good place. That's a good place uh, to say amen. Uh, <laughs> it was a preach in it. <laughs> Identity who before doing what? We, sometimes we talk about why we're doing something, why it's so important. A lot of times the why we do something is coming from who God says we are. I'm doing this because God says I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me. 
I'm going to walk in courage because he, that's what he calls me. That's what he says at the core. When I gave you Holy Spirit, I made you to be strong and courageous. So I'm going to make decisions and choices that are in alignment with strong and courageous to the glory of Jesus. Amen. Y'all are trucking with me. Then the M is for manifestations. Manifestations, what's the result? We talked about we live in a society that gets the secondary things. They put the wrong things first. Oh, I want this. I'm trying to have this. I'm trying to do Well, the reality is we are looking more and more like Jesus Christ. That is the most important thing to God. That's the most important thing to God is to redeem us. Jesus came to reveal who God was and to reveal who we are. When Jesus came to the earth, he was showing us a picture of God in the flesh. God came among us. God moved into the neighborhood and he wanted Mary Becker to see, Mary, I am a prototype of you. Mary, when you have a question about parenting, when you have a question about your relationships, Mary, I want you to look at me because I'm showing you who you are. Look at Jesus, manifestation. That's the most important manifestation. Ah, the word became flesh and dwelled among us. I want to be as Jesus walking in the earth. I'm a Jesus follower. I'm a learner, disciple, pupil. All the different synonyms that go with, Lord, I'm following you. I'm following you. At the end of the day, if I look more like you, it's a win. But if I don't look more like you, that's a fail. (laughs) Regardless of what other people say about what I accomplished. Y'all are real deep. Y'all be really listening. Because, you know, if I, if, I was, if I heard me say that, I would have been like, amen. That's what I would say it right there. Because we're not doing what we do for the applause of people. Amen. amen. Thank you. We're doing it. We, we want God to stand up and be like, that's my son. That's my daughter. And he's the one who's glorified. He's the one receiving honor and glory. He's the one who's pleased. That's, that's what we're looking for. That's what we're looking for. And so uh, with all of that, let me just break Acts 2, 42 through 47 down through that little framework for you. So you can just see those little descriptors. And I encourage you to go back and look at it in a, in a more like diligent study way. Um, but put the eye up. The eye was for identity. And in Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47, there's some identifiers there. And then I included some additional ones just from Acts chapter 2 in general. Acts chapter 2 is a really pivotal Uh, chapter in the scripture because we're hearing about the folks who are who have watched Jesus ascend not a story time but like a real deal holy feel Jesus ascended into the sky and he said y'all I'm gonna send you my promised helper I'm gonna send you who send you holy spirit and holy spirit's gonna live in you you are not gonna be alone I'm not gonna leave you as orphans you are gonna have a gift and it's going to be me in the person of Holy Spirit. And so in Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2, we see the fulfillment of what Jesus said he was going to do. I'm going to ascend to heaven, then I'm going to send you my Holy Spirit to empower you so that you will be as me in the earth. You're going to do the same things that I did. You're going to love how I loved. You're going to forgive how I forgave, et cetera, so, so on and so forth. So I took all of the different descriptors uh, from Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2 up until this point. What we see there, we see they, y'all say they. Early church, the apostles, the spirit-filled believers, the fellowship of the believers, and disciples. Those are identifiers, identifying terms. Any of those terms are going to be used throughout the New Testament, especially uh, to to call on uh, Jesus followers or Christians or Christians. The actions that we see in Acts 2, 42 through 47, check out the things they were doing. It says they devoted themselves. Somebody say devoted. Ooh, wee, that, that preached all by itself. Devoted. 
Ooh, Lord, help us with consistency. Ooh, Lord, when we've fallen off, Lord, pick us up and get us back on track. My goodness, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. The apostles are these, peop, uh, these people we see who were running with Jesus, who were the, the disciples, who were casting out devils and raising people up, raising, you know, people were sick and they were getting healed and uh, all these things that Jesus was doing. They had this crew of people, this posse, who was doing the same things that he was doing. They were being raised up. They were being raised up. They were being mentored. It's like, and so the apostles, their qualification was they could do what Jesus was doing. Oh, my goodness. We, I love education. We love education. I, I, I love education. I love, I love knowledge when it's practical and we can help and be helpful. But I'm, I'm just taking a little time right here because the, the qualification for the apostles' teaching was that they did the life that Jesus lived. They did it. It was, it was, it was a part of their life. The, the prophetic words that Jesus gave, the miracles that he did, the teaching that he did, they could demonstrate that life. They lived it out. That's what qualified them. It wasn't going to 18 years of seminary or Bible training or another class or this, that, or the other. It was that they had walked with Jesus, experienced Jesus, had Jesus influencing their heart, their life, and then they could live it because they had been taught that life. So get, imagine a group of people who are actually, uh, old school word I used to use a lot, is practitioners. Practitioners, not just uh, theoretical people who can tell you, well, you know, we take this verb and do this. That's good to be able to say, well, splice this verb and this is like this. That's great. This is perfect subject, subjective and this is the, that's great. But do you forgive people? Are you loving? Are you gentle? Are you, that knowledge is not helping you if it's not changing how you treat people. So this was a qualifier. I don't want to get caught up too much on here. But what, what they would do is they would gather together and they would uh, study and they would talk about the apostles' teaching, their lives, what they lived with Jesus. And then obviously the uh, New Testament wasn't written yet. At this point, they're going back to the Old Testament. They're breaking that thing down. And they're getting understanding by Holy Spirit of what it looks like in their practical day-to-day life to that point. And that's just filling them up. That word is life. Hallelujah. That word is life. And you get that word in you, then you start doing things like, how am I doing this? And it's the influence of God's word on your heart. It, it, something starts happening. You just say, why, am I, why did this idea come from? What? Oh, Okay. Okay, so it says they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching to participating and sharing Uh, one of the words called fellowship. I used to tease about this. I might still tease about it now Um, when you know when people have been in church in a while, they start talking about fellowship always inwardly kind of laugh because it's just one of those goofy things I do when people are like, I just you know, we just need fellowship and I'll be like, (laughs) nobody knows what that is. Because nobody really talks like that. Like if you have a Bible background, you kind of know if you've been in church for a while, you know these words like fellowship. And it's not that the church or, or Christians use that word exclusively, but it's a little bit more of a highbrow kind of word. You know, but people don't normally talk like that. But whatever people say it, I just, I'm weird about words. So I just be like, hee, 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 Nobody knows what you're saying. <laughs> we need fellowship. What's that? <laughs> it says they had communion. 
um, like we had last week. They ate meals together. They prayed. Somebody said prayed. They sold their possessions and belongings and distributed, distributed the proceeds to all who had need. They attended temple together. They attended times of worship like we're doing. But these are the actions that we see in this descriptive historical passage in Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47. And then listen to the manifestation of this. Because they had yielded their hearts and submitted to God, check out what, it, check out what, was, what was happening. Manifestation. That which was hidden is now it's, it's evident. It's revealed. Before, I couldn't see it. It was intangible, but now it's tangible. Manifestations, what we're defining. It says, all came upon every soul. They're like, wow, God, wow, the wonder, the wonder. The wonder of God came on every soul. Many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. It says, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, that was your... Bible for the day, okay? It's your Bible for the day. I hope you get some more Bible, but that was your Bible. That was the Bible for today. Now, that's inspiring, I think. I think it is. I don't know if y'all think about it. And it's like, okay. You're like, well, that's new to me. I don't really know yet. Um, and you might say, okay, well, I'm happy for them. <laughs> and you might be saying, ooh, that's hard to relate with. Ooh, that's hard to relate with. Like, who has time for all that connecting? We live in America. We aren't hippies. We live in different parts of L.A. County. We have kids in 100 activities. We have friends who are fun to be around but are shallow spiritually. What you talking about, Acts 2, 42 through 47? I slid it in. See, I got it in there. And if you're thinking those things, those, those, that makes sense. But what I want to tell you this morning is that you have options. Somebody say options. options. Oh, you got options. Your Bible is giving you option after option of this is what life could look like. Borrow this part right here. Borrow this part right here. Put that thing together. Look and be inspired about how the Acts 2:42 through 47 church were gathering together. Take what you can get. Put that thing together in a way that is meaningful, that glorifies God, and that fulfills your joy. Somebody say, I got options. I got options. So don't feel stuck because you can't do exactly what you see happening in this passage. You can't get together with somebody every day all the time. Some of you probably can. You got a lot of time on your hands. Some of y'all actually probably really can. You're like, Pastor, I can do that. I'm like, praise God. Maybe you want to explore that some more. But me, it's like I'm commuting in and all this stuff, and I just think, hmm, wow. But what do we do? When we get a picture of vision and it's resonating with us, we, we, we position our hearts, and we stretch toward that vision. We stretch toward it. As unrelatable as the passage might be to you, for whatever reason, it's, it's our responsibility to stretch toward it, to stretch toward it because it's here for our benefit. It's written here for our benefit. Let's check out the opposite of it. This might resonate a little better with some of you out of 1 Corinthians 15.33. I'm reading from the ESV where it says, do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. And I'm not talking about some us versus them thing. That's not this, we're not that kind of church. 
It says, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. And you take these pictures of 1 Corinthians 15, and you put that opposite of Acts chapter 2 where we were reading, and you're seeing a spectrum. Somebody say, there's options. If you pick people who don't care anything about God or care anything about themselves, who, do, who, who will smirk and laugh at evil or injustice, you know what you're getting yourself into. The scriptures say, uh, 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 be careful. Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. And then the opposite is putting ourselves in healthy environments on purpose, intentionally, with intensity, with frequency, to have an impact. Am I doing all right? Matt Fretchel? Okay. I'm teasing Matt Fretchel so good this week, y'all. We had a little moment. And, and, and I can be literal. I got to tell you about this moment with Matt Fretchel. I, I can be literal. I, I can be literal. And sometimes when I'm talking with my wife, I'll be like, oh, babe, just get to the point, babe. I'm like, you, you, you're about to lose me. You know, I'm not... A, I'm, I'm getting lost. I'll be, I'll be like, give me the, just, just, just black and, just give it to me, black and white. Well, anyway, anyway, I'm just teasing uh, Pastor Mia because she's right there. She's a writer. She wants you to see the full story. That's, that's Pastor Mia. And, um, but I was, I had this interaction with Matt Fretchel this week, and it cracked me up so good, and it really, it, it was fun, and it was funny where I, I thought my joke had really landed well, and then I learned that I'm not as funny as what I thought I was in that joke. And he was like, so, and I was like, oh, bro, I'm joking. I'm 100% joking. And so now I'm just being really, he, he helped me. He blessed me because I'm, I'm going to be super literal. I'm going to increase my clarity and give you some more words for communication. Are you with me? Yeah. I just love that. I just love it. So you have these two pictures. Somebody say, I got options. Yeah. It's critical. You have more than these two options. I gave you extremes. You read that Bible, and you're going to see lots of options that you have toward building. Somebody say building. building. An intentional community. This is an incredible atmosphere to build community. This church, I can tell you that firsthand. You trying to build something? You, you want to be where people think highly of you, where they think well of you, people pray for you. Nobody's not gossiping, but nobody's gossiping about you. They want to see the best, God's best for everybody. So, somebody say we got options. You got to be intentional about the company that you keep. You got to be intentional about the company you keep. You got to be intentional about the frequency, the intensity, and the impact of godly relationships you build and invest in. It's not easy, but it's worth it. Use your creativity and stay persistent. I was reading something, and some of you... Now, y'all don't laugh at me, because I know when I say this stuff, you guys look at me like, what is he talking about? Why is he saying that? So I'm, I'm, I'm genuine, okay? It's sincere. Yes, so don't make fun of me when I ask you this question. But y'all know who Michael Jordan is, right? Okay. Exactly. The basketball player. See, that's that storyteller coming out. Because there are a lot of Michael Jordans in the world. See, that's why I married her. It wasn't just her good looks. She's like, you better be specific. Because there are a lot of Michael Jordans in the world. There's a Michael B. Jordan. There's a lot of Michael Jordans in the world. Even you got an initial. Exactly. But this Michael Jordan is the one who is the greatest of all time that some have named, who used to play for the Chicago Bulls, 
When you do any kind of reading about him and his biography and just autobiography, just his story, one of the things that's interesting is um, this guy had something in his heart for a love of basketball, um, but he was not this, he didn't start out phenomenal. And I'm not saying that like, um, I'm not saying that from the perspective of like, no, duh, because nobody does. But I mean, like when you see him at college or you read or know his story, you see about how he's cut from a team and different trials and struggles he went through. And for how he had played for years and years and years before he became the Michael Jordan that I'm talking about this Sunday morning. And the components or a few of the components that went into him being Michael Jordan, this greatest of all time in some people's opinion, are pointed to to some factors having to do with his relationships. Having to do with his relationships. We don't see the Michael Jordan that we know until he meets with his coach, Phil Jackson. That's when things turn for him. So he had something. He was carrying something. But that thing didn't really pop off until he got the right coach in his life. And then the Lord brought somebody else. I'm saying it this way because I I process things. Maybe it's a little different than some of you. We'll talk about that later, my my philosophy on that later. But so then he gets Scottie Pippen. Then he is set in a place where he's doing what he's got to do. He gets with the right coach. Then he gets this right kind of like wingman type. And then we get the Michael Jordan that we know today. It has to do with relationships. It has to do with environment. And I'm here to tell you this Sunday morning, not to be cheesy, but there's a Michael Jordan in you too. And if you connect with the right people, like we see in Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47, you will be activated. And what Holy Spirit has put on the inside of you will come out too. Oh, yeah. This is important. This is important because we say, Some of you know it, and I love that about our church. Some of you know, and some of you are praying, and I'm praying with you. You said, if I just had this certain person, and I had this, you know, you know the Lord's already told you, you know you'd pop off and really make an impact for Jesus, even greater than what you're doing right now. Some of you know it, and I'm speaking to it right now. I'm speaking to it right now. Because environments, who you connect with, they are vital to this. If Michael, and we, we saw this with Michael Jordan, if he hadn't connected with those folks, we wouldn't be talking about him right now. We wouldn't be talking about him right now. No. But right people, right relationships. Right people, right relationships. Let me say it to you like this, too. When we, when we put ourselves in the right position, oh, the scripture speaks so much about this that it's overwhelming. But if you don't read that thing, you won't know. And then you hear God's truth coming through some other mouth or some other philosophy or religion or something. You say, man, that's, so, that's, like, that's in your faith. That's what your Bible says about you and about, and about me. I want to, I'm, I'm, I'm praying through this. Y'all just pray, pray with me. I want to tell you about right positioning for me. I want to give you some examples. So I had a dream. Well, I had two dreams. I had two dreams uh, that the Lord gave me on Sunday, January 23rd. 
two dreams the Lord gave me. Every dream is not from the Lord. When I'm telling you the Lord gave me the dreams, the Lord actually gave me the dreams. So I'm not just be like, oh, I had some bad kimchi, and now I had this thing, and da da da. It's nothing like that. And I don't say that's the Lord. I just say I think that I, that kimchi was not good. It's messing with me. It's messing with me in my sleep. Okay, so, so the first one, uh, the first dream was about Mia, my wife. Um, she was being verbally attacked by some random person in the dream. And, I, and I'm watching the dream, and I'm like, it was, you know, you know how dreams are. I'm like watching this, and I'm like telling the person, ah, oh, no, 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 no. And I, the Lord's giving me insight about it. So I wake up out of the dream, lay hands on my wife, and I start praying for her. Middle of the night. Because I'm like, oh, this is, there's an attack. It's an attack. And my wife needs to make sure that she doesn't get agitated by what is about to come. So we need to pray. I need to pray. I'm on guard. Second dream. I was talking to some bridge folks. Um, I was praying with a group of guys for about four months last year. And we would pray every week. And the only agenda was just prayer. And in the dream... In the dream, I um, am sitting with him, and I'm telling him, man, guys, um, we're not going to be able to pray together um, um, in this new year because um, Mia and I schedule has changed so much. Um, our household dynamics have changed. We don't have much margin. We're not going to be able to pray consistently how we were. And, and in the dream, I tell him, you know, but y'all pray for me. Pray for me. I'll be praying for you. Pray for me. You know, pray as you're led. And then I woke up, and I'm like, okay. So I text those guys, and I'm like, hey, you remember my dream? This is what's going on. And Holy Spirit was nudging me, get prayer. Get people praying with you. I never had a dream like that. Get people praying with you. And because we're bridge guys, I know I'm supposed to share with the bridge, because they were, it was actually that I prayed with them, but they are a symbol of bridge. Tell the bridge about attack. Tell the bridge about praying and intercession. And so I said, okay. So wouldn't you know, I have the dream Sunday night, and then Monday night, here come the drama. Not Monday night, Monday before. Sunday night I had the dream. Monday day, the drama came. Get a text from Mia, Pastor Mia. Uh, um, where are you? Can you come home? I'm going to have to go to the ER. I'm like, okay. Uh-oh. Here we go. I'm going home. Get in. Get into the kitchen. I have my phone in my hand. My phone buzzes, and I get this text message from another brother outside the bridge who I pray with. This goes to Acts 2, 42 through 47, being devoted, apostles teaching, communion, prayer. And look at, the, look at what the text message says when I went home to go be with my wife. As soon as I get in to see her, God placed in my heart to pray for your wife. Pray that she's thriving in Jesus. Peace. Peace, peace. He knows nothing about nothing. He's never mentioned to pray for my wife, ever. Nothing, 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 nothing. But at that exact moment, I'm walking in, the phone dings. I look. I'd already had the dream, already prayed for my wife. Looked at this, and I was like, okay, this is an attack from the enemy. God is making sure we intercept this madness. Don't fall for these tricks because the enemy's trying to agitate and throw us out of our mind. He's trying to throw us out of our mind. So we called, and we all got on the phone, and we prayed and worshiped, cried out to God, and we thanked God for intercepting. And obviously, she's sitting here now. Everything was good. It became good. 
We, we had to intercept a weapon. But this is about having people in our world who can pray with us and who pray. And there's certain kind of people who will cover you a certain way. Just, by, just being led by the Lord. You don't have to reach out and tell them anything. They're just going to be praying, just in communion with God. And because of the position of their heart, the Lord will speak through these right relationships, these right environments where he's put you to, to give you insight and to, to see you come into victory. So that you don't get your, get to, you don't get your lunch eaten. And so I wanted to give you just, this has just recently happened. But let me tell you why. Let me tell you why the attacks. One of the reasons for the attack is because of this thing we're about to do called Discovery Bible Study. Discovery Bible Study. Every time in my life when I step out to do more of what God's given me to do, here comes the attack. I mean, it's like clockwork. And many of you have been a part of my life long enough to go, he's exactly right. I can. <laughs> Every time something major where the Lord said, hey, it's time to do this, it's take this step, some crazy attack comes. Some crazy attack comes. And so I wanted to tell you, man, you better look up. You better have your eyes open because hell is nervous about what God is going to do in raising up disciples who will allow the awe of God to fall on their hearts and to do wonders and signs and miracles who will forgive and walk in love and promote peace and be peacemakers. Hell gets nervous. That's what's going on. That's what's going on. So guys, (laughs) pray and be with people and reach out to people and get some prayer coverage. I've been, I started talking about it like this. I said, uh, cover me, I'm going in. Y'all say, cover me, cover me. I'm going in. Going There's in. some things and some projects, some things that you're working on. You, the, one of the wisest things you could do is to get that prayer <laughs> and to be praying intentionally because you're going in. You're going in and you're taking ground, not for your glory, but for God's glory, to the benefit of others. And it's not going to be without opposition. Opposition sometimes lets us know, you're right on on path. And you're not getting any opposition. You might want to ask, am I going the right direction? (laughs) Everything's so easy. Well, it's because you're selfish. When you spit yourself for others, woo-wee. in Jesus' name, when you lay your life down so somebody else can have life, <laughs> because what that does is it promotes growth throughout the body. An army can be raised up when people are nurturing and caring for one another, loving one another in that kind of way. So hell is nervous about our upcoming Discovery Bible study. Hell is nervous. Hell is nervous. So you be praying not only for Discovery Bible Study. Be praying for yourself. Be praying for Bridge. Be praying for my family. Because as they say, the struggle is real. It is real. And some of you I know because this past week, (laughs) one of my sisters reached out to me and was like, can we pray this way? I was like, oh, I don't think we can, but pray for me because it was like hell broke loose in the church. It was just like, this is, wow, this is intense. Why is this person still sick? How did they get into that car accident? 
Why did these, and I'm not one of these people who, I'm not one of these people who's like, oh, the devil, if it's just your ignorance, no, it's just your ignorance. This is not the devil. It's not Satan. It's not hell. It's, it's just your ignorance. It's just a mistake. It's just, that's on you. So I'm not one of those, I, we're not that kind of church either. So I'm looking at this stuff and I'm like, this stuff is just stupid. This is so textbook Bible that we are advancing, we're stretching, we're on the right track and right on the, right on the path. And then opposition after opposition, all this stupid stuff, stupid stuff. And so I want you to be alerted. The scripture says be sober, sober-minded, be alert. One of the ways you do that is through prayer. And being intentional about your fellowship. Being intentional about the frequency of your fellowship. Looking and making sure it's an impact that glorifies, that glorifies God. Somebody say, cover me. Cover me. I'm going in. Going in. Bro, I don't think we're going to get to that last song. I don't think we're going to get to that. Because what we need to do is pray together as a church. And I, 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 I need your help in prayer to commission our Bible study uh, leaders and coaches. Just more and more and more and more prayer. Um, one of the prayers I've been praying, and you can join me in this specific prayer or other prayers you're praying. Prayers of intercession. Prayers that we would not um, grow faint or grow weary in our well-doing. And however else the Lord would lead you. But one of the ones I've been praying is, let the awe of God come upon every soul. Let the awe of God come upon every soul. Let many wonders and signs be done today in Jesus' name. I'm just praying that on repeat. And you can join me or you can pray any other of God's scripture um, uh, back to him, just in agreement with him. And when we're praying, it, it heightens our sensitivity to God. And he directs us and gives us wisdom. When we pray, our sensitivity gets heightened. We hear God better when we're relating with God. And then we're able to walk in and operate in more love and more wisdom. One of the benefits of prayer and then praying with others. So if you're taking on something, I hope you are in 2022. Taking on some stuff, taking on some giant. Set your prayer team up. Set them up. Because if these things are spiritual, then it's going to require spiritual work. Yes. 